In the beginning, there was darkness. Then, there was Paul Brown. Paul Brown transformed the game. Hello, Paul Brown here. Welcome to the first ever International Browns Podcast. Good morning, Cleveland. It's another victory for the mighty Browns, and I'm here with Ian Wright and Jack Duffin. Guys, first of all, apologies. Sorry we didn't do a post-show. It's been a very busy week for all three of us, but we're here going to talk about the Ravens. Jack, how are you, buddy? I'm doing well. It was one of those rare weeks when I get to see you, so I uh, had a glorious time with you uh, at the Hip Train Casino. One of the one of the rare games you're in the country as well, not overseas. Yeah, it was nice, mate, spending time with you. Nice to be next to an analytical wizard like yourself. Um, however, Ian did comment you weren't watching the game when I filmed you. Uh, Jack, do you want to explain yourself? I was probably tweeting about something. I don't know. Mate, I, I think you're probably gambling or tweeting or checking your fancy team. I don't know, mate, but it's always great to watch the game with you. He was chucking, checking the Deshaun Watson rushing prop because that seems to be his go-to uh, bet for the week. I was on uh, nothing this week, so... Uh... Special teams, hey, how do you feel about that, guys? Yeah, <laughs> um, maybe not... The... Yeah, to be fair, the special teams got all their kicks... I... I think maybe special teams slightly lower, but yeah, I, I, I can agree with that. I think just on the offense, it was the first game so far of the Watson era. It started a little bit rough, but he just threw the open guy. And that's all he really needs to do. Stefanski, if you look over the metrics over all his time as offensive coordinator and head coach, has really good um, stats for scheming guys open. If you look at open rate, stuff like that, he, he's always up there. Um, not right at the top of the league, but we're talking sort of top six, top eight in most years. So you just need a quarterback to work with Stefanski, know where the open guy is, and then make the pass. And that can be simple checkdowns because this defense is so good. No one's scoring loads of points on them. So just methodically move the sticks and score points. Means wins the game. Yeah, offensively, yeah, yeah, offensively it, was, it was unique because I felt like coming out of the gate, they were sluggish, right? And I think if you're Stefanski and you're the coaches, most of the way through the first quarter, going into the second quarter, I think you realize the Tennessee offense is pretty bad and they weren't going to move the ball against your defense, at least consistently, right? Maybe they'd get a big player, a drive, whatever. But it seemed like the offense was slow out of the gate. And even into that second quarter, really, you know, any drive they would put together, there'd be a dumb penalty towards the end that would ultimately cause them to have to settle for a field goal. Or even on the touchdown drive in the second quarter, that was the drive where Watson threw that unexplainable pass backwards that was a fumble. But I think two plays later, they were bailed out by a pass interference, which ended up leading to a touchdown. So the first half was rather sluggish. It looked like they were just kind of checking everything down, playing almost not to lose. In the second half, you could kind of tell that the dam started to open a little bit more and they were starting to move the ball more efficiently 
But ultimately, I felt that Watson in the first half still was playing that timid, not to lose mentality. And in the second half, I think once they realized they weren't going to lose the game, that he could just go out and play free and just kind of have some fun. The second half was a lot more enjoyable to watch in that first half. Ian, I don't think you can sum up any better than that. Thank you very much. <laughs> I'll take your sarcasm as a badge of honor. Mate, that was me being sincere. You want to hear my sarcastic? Sarcastic, that's another thing. But anyway, it's it's the week when we play the rat, sky rats, the rat birds, the scum from Baltimore, whatever you want to call it, you call it. But Jack, how excited are you about this? I feel really good. Um, to be fair, though, I also felt really good going into the Steelers game. <laughs> so uh, it's one take with a pinch of salt, but I expect to see another phenomenal defensive performance it'll be slightly different with what they've seen because Lamar Jackson just is naturally different for all the hype we heard of how great the passing game is going to be now Tom Munkins there it's still reliant on not just the run game it's reliant on Lamar Jackson delivering the run game um but JOK has a good track record so far of playing against him so with all the injuries and there's several guys that are injured that might play we don't have obviously a final um, health report on who's actually going to be out there, but expecting several people to miss that game or not be 100%, there's no excuse here. This should be another W and it should be comfortable. They've only got to get to 20 points in offense because this defense isn't giving up 20 plus. Ian? The Ravens, I think, play, and I think Jack's right. I actually probably was a little more nervous going into the Bengals game on week one than this one. However, much like the Steelers game, the Ravens are very good at winning ugly. If you don't believe me, go back and look last week. I'm sorry, two weeks ago against the Bengals, they won ugly. And realistically, last week against the Colts, they had an opportunity to win that game in an ugly fashion. The ball just bounced the other way for them. The Browns defense should be able to contain Lamar Jackson. I'm not very worried about the Ravens offense, whether Beckham's out there, Bateman's out there, Andrews. The Browns have the Grant Delpits. They have the JOKs. They've got the speed in kind of the middle of the defense to keep Lamar Jackson at bay, right? Because the Ravens offense is predicated around that quarterback having not only a run option, but an also the pass option, right? So what ends up happening is, is sometimes Lamar Jackson will suck you in thinking that he's going to run the ball, and then he hits one over the top. We've seen that a few times back when they had Hollywood Brown. I'm not too worried about the Ravens offense to Jack's point, putting up a load of points. However, the Browns offense needs to be able to find rhythm against the Ravens defense, right? The Colts were able to hang 22 points. Obviously it was an overtime, but the Ravens were, were able to give up. I think 24 to the Bengals or 20, yeah, 24 to the Bengals two weeks ago, 22 to the Colts last week. This offense needs to put up over 20 points. The way they were not going to be able to do that is if they turn the ball over, if they take stupid penalties, if they turn around and throw the ball backwards again, the Titans are going to give you outs, right? So to say, I think, you know, the Browns got the benefit of the doubt on a lot of those pass interference plays because the Tennessee defense was just so out of position and unprepared. I don't think you're going to get that from the Ravens. So I'd really like to see a game, a division opponent where Watson in the offense can settle down can move the ball efficiently and put 24, 27 points on the board. I think that to Jack's point, if they're not scoring 20 and you score 24 to 27, you should win. But if Baltimore mixes this up and it gets into a trenches game, you could be looking at a very low scoring game, 
both teams under 20, and then it's going to be a fight to who has the ball last. And then the question becomes, do you trust Dustin Hopkins or Justin Tucker? Tucker is an absolute legend, only. Yeah, the well, thing with the Colts, he, he missed the kicking game. Well, he missed that 61 yarder. So we got to put a little bit of a cherry on that. Is McLaughlin still the Colts kicker? Chase McLaughlin? Yeah. No, it's uh he's down in Tampa with Baker. Uh, because whoever it is got a 51, a 53, and a 53. It's Matt Wait. Gay. So that's the former Bucks kicker is now the Colts kicker, Matt Gay. But Jack. Go look at what they paid him in the offseason. So you didn't want to draft a kicker. The question is, would you want to pay a kicker? Because the Colts went out and got a free agent kicker. I believe in touchdowns, not kicks. There you go. But um, I think that's, that, that, that brings on a really nice point, actually, while we're talking about this. What other ex-Browns are playing in this game? For the Ravens, Clowney and Beckham are the two that I can think of off the top of my head. Yeah, I can't think of anyone else. I mean, obviously, those are two bigger ones in the sense that, you know, Odell and uh, Jadavian were kind of two of our bigger signings. Your boy, uh, Ben Cleveland, he's uh, he's on this one. Let's see if there's anybody else. Uh, Malik, Malik Harris. With an ankle injury. Is he looking good or not? Or He's supposed to be out. I, I'm, I think he right now, if I'm looking at the injury report, he's listed as questionable. Um. Malik Harrison from Ohio State obviously has been with the, the Ravens for a little while. Former Browns quarterback Josh Johnson, famous with the uh, Joe Thomas game. He's out there with the uh, the Ravens now. So it looks like those are the three. I don't see anyone else. Cool. Yep. Oh, Kevin Zeitler. It's fourth. Well, so Zeitler, Beckham, Clowney, and our man, Josh Johnson. Those are your four Browns that have, that have – turned coat and gone to the other side. But overall, I mean, this is an important game. I mean, a lot of people, I think the Browns and the Ravens right now are the two teams that are favored the most to win this division, right? The Ravens sitting at two on one. Obviously the Browns got a little help last week when the Ravens, you know, lost to the Colts. But right now the line is sitting right at around about two, two and a half over unders at about 40. So Vegas doesn't see this as being a very big game in terms of points scored. But they also see this being at home in Cleveland, pretty much these teams being equal. Um, right now, if you look at just even the team metrics, I'm pulling this off of PFF. I mean, Jack, they're pretty close. I mean, in terms of power rank, eight and nine, defense, three for the Browns, 12 for the Ravens, 23rd offense for the Browns, 16 for the Ravens, average offensive snaps, 71 to 77, percentage of run is 44-55 in terms of each team. EPA per the run is pretty close in terms of run and pass. So these are two pretty evenly matched teams. Yeah, it's one that it's massive just going into the bye week. If you win this, you're three and one and it's the confidence is full. If it's another dominant defensive display and question marks on the offense, it is going to be a brutal bye week. Um, We saw a lot better quarterback and offense than we did against the Steelers, but we almost need to see that again. Um, and it's one that there needs to be that trust from the fans um, and the organization that the offense can deliver on a consistent basis. Well, and we've talked about this, Jack, because, and I think, Paul, you'd probably agree. If you watch that Titans game and then you looked at the box score afterwards, right? And you said, oh, 80% completion, damn near 300 yards, couple touchdown passes. You'd be like, oh, that's a great game. 
But if you watch the game, you're like, man, that was a very difficult game, right? Elijah Moore, I think, had however many catches, nine catches for you know 50 yards or whatever it was. So it, it wasn't easy. It wasn't that efficient game that sometimes the box score can lie. And you'll notice that even after the game, certain people want to pick and choose stats to be like, oh, look how dominant this was. Yes, the final score finished 27 to three, but it wasn't 27 to three because of a dominant offensive performance. The dominant side of the ball was the defensive side of the ball holding what the Titans to 94 total yards. I mean, Paul agrees with that so much. He's giving me two beeps of celebration. Mate, you two there again, mate. I totally agree with that, Ian. Here's I do, a question agree for you, Paul. What, What's the Go score on. prediction? Ooh. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to uh, mix it up a little bit this week. I'm going to go with 21 Browns, 14 Ravens. So 21 Browns, 14 Ravens from Paul. I, I'm I'm a lot more optimistic. Here, Ian? So. I'm, I'm full hype train. I have Browns 27, Ravens 13. Ooh. I have this one. I have it being a low-scoring game. I'm going to say Browns 20, Ravens 16. I think the Browns defense will hold the Ravens to three field goals and a touchdown. Browns 20, Ravens 16. And I, I think Deshaun Watson... He's tried to do a lot early in the season. And I think coming out of that last game where people are really excited about him, he's probably thinking, I didn't do anything that special. And if he goes, well, if I just do that, people are over the moon. If I try and make the big play and it doesn't work, people want to riot. Why don't I just keep doing easy stuff? And I think that's the point that I think there is, it's finally looks, fingers crossed, and we we obviously need to see this over several games. It's, starting to click this QB and offensive play caller. And if that, if that can work, then we don't, with how special this defense is, and usually I want to say, ah, our defense is not the end of the world. It is ridiculous what they're currently producing. And we've got two good tests here in a running quarterback and then 49ers coming up. But if they can just be top 16 on offense, we're going to have a nice season. If suddenly he's rolling into that top eight range, we're, we're mixing it in the AFC playoffs. You know, Jack, after we won that Titans game, I kind of turned to the schedule, right? Because I think when you're starting to hit these quarter points in the season, you start looking at it and saying, okay, what do we have ahead of us? And to your point, the defense is a big question mark because they're good. As I've said a few times, 95 and 99 are going to be a problem. And I hope that Tomlinson can get there just so you can enjoy a nice big bucket of crow on that one. But that's beside the point. So, Jack, I broke down and I looked here. So of these teams, I'm going to read off to you. Tell me whether or not you think their offense is actually going to give our defense a hard time. Ravens. Lamar Jackson's always a wild card, so you've got to say potentially. 49ers. The the best play caller potentially in the NFL schema. So yeah, I, I think that's probably the toughest challenge. All right, here we go now. Colts shouldn't. Seahawks no. Cardinals no. Ravens yeah, a little bit. Okay, Broncos no. Steelers no. Rams certainly not. Jags. May help all they have been. Maybe, right? Bears. 
<laughs> Texans. No. no. Jets. Not anymore. Bengals. Hopefully Maybe. by that time of the season, they've got it together, but they were shocking. Okay, so we have Bengals, Jags, Ravens, 49ers. So really, we only have, like, we don't play the Chiefs. We don't play the Bills. We don't play the Dolphins. We don't play the Cowboys. We don't play any of these, like, top-tier offenses. So as much as I'd like to say that the defense hasn't arrived, Jack, at the end of the season, this should be a top-five defense. They're not playing very good quarterbacks. I mean, I could go back and read you the quarterbacks, but you heard the teams. So if you're listening to this podcast, you likely already know. So to your point about Deshaun Watson, all he has to do is play within himself, play smart, take what the defense is giving you, move the ball. Because if I were to tell you I'm going to score 24 points every single game for the next, you know, to the end of the season, you're going to win 80% of your games. If not more. Yeah. And, and, and it's crazy to see, but like, and listen, I get the one thing Watson does have to worry about is Dewan Jones and Jedrick Wills on the edges. Have him nervy. You can tell, like he definitely is a little bit unsure sometimes. The interior is pretty stout. You know, even going up against Jeffrey Simmons and that tight and that Titans defensive front, they were still pretty stout. I mean, there wasn't a ton of pressure. Most quarterbacks in the league would love to have the pressure. And yes, I know there was the strip sack fumble by, you know, Highsmith a couple of weeks ago where they were on him quick. But at the end of the day, the Browns offense has to figure out a way to manage with two tackles that are not as good as the interiors and just don't beat yourselves. It's the turnovers. It's the stupid penalties, right? That's ultimately, Jack, what's going to hold this team back. Yeah, and it's just take the, take the easy stuff, execute, and we'll we'll keep winning. Um, yeah. And that that's effectively the test to Watson and the offense every single week. So, um, no, I, I think enjoy Sunday. Um, we've then got bye week, so uh, get drunk. Yeah, Jack, here's a question. And going into the Titans game, a lot of people were talking about how Mike Vrabel is considered, you know, if you were to do a draft of the coaches in the NFL, all 32, you know, most people said Vrabel may debatably be taken top five, less than debatable. He'll be a top 10 coach in terms of what teams are drafting, you know, head coaches that he's very well respected in the NFL. Stefanski put on a game plan on Sunday that pretty much had that Titans defense, which is Vrabel's forte. Okay. I'm, for all those people who don't know, when Vrabel's at Ohio State coming up through that front seven, you know, he he hitches his wagon to his defense. And Stefanski's game plan, Alex Van Pelt's game plan, had them on their heels. So when you're going into these games, right now, what is your level of confidence in the coaching staff being Schwartz running the defense and AVP and Stefanski running the offense in terms of what you're like, how confident do you feel going to these games that they're going to have a good game plan? Oh, you, you feel like an eight out of ten of like the game plan is going to be solid. It's can it execute on on the offensive side more than the defensive side. The only reason I ask is obviously after that Steelers game, there was a lot of people that were starting the whole Stefanski's not the tight right guy type of speak. And you know, obviously, when you lose games, you're supposed to win. That that kind of comes with the course. But you know, in this case, I'll be curious to see. Obviously, the Ravens have David Ajabo and Jadavian Clowney coming off that edge. You know, so those are the guys that are going to be attacking Dewan Jones and Jedrick Wills. Up the middle, they've got Justin Matabuke, Michael Pierce, um, and Washington. I don't really see a ton of big issues there. I mean, Broderick Washington's just another guy. I mean, he's kind of a, a former Browns defensive tackle level player. Um, Pierce is the only one that really kind of says anything. 
the staple of their defense obviously comes from Rokon Smith. I think he's the highest graded linebacker right now via PFF on the defensive side of the ball. But you really only have to manage the edges and the linebackers. You know, Geno Stone doesn't really worry me that much at the safety position. Kyle Hamilton, I think he's a good player. I think he'll be in the league for a lot of years just based on his skill set. But the Browns offense, I think the magic number here is 23.5. They get over 23.5 against this Ravens. I think they win and cover. I'm I'm after 20. So, uh, 20. Well, all right. So Jack, we usually do this in terms of who are the guys on offense you think that are going to have a good game? Like who are you looking for the matchups favor on offense and then defense as well? We'll start on the offensive side of the ball. What guy do you think maybe having a little bit of a, a field day or he's going to be the, the quote unquote game ball of the offense? Just feed, feed, feed Amari Cooper. Mm. I think that's the game plan, and I expect that to uh, continue this season. Yeah, I think if, if I think wide receiver is the right answer, I think you've picked the wrong player. I think it's going to be Elijah Moore. I think obviously you have Ronald Darby um, and Donovan Deepfields Jones will be going up against Brandon Stevens on the other side. So the question is, is who's going to be the nickelback in terms of the Ravens coming in? Right now, they kind of use Kyle Hamilton a lot in that nickel type of role. This is a big, long, lanky guy. And if that's the case, I think Elijah Moore has a matchup benefit on that um, in that slot position. So Elijah Moore, I think, needs to get the ball in his hands, much like we with the Titans. I'd like to see him get the ball a little bit more down the field as opposed to trying to make all of that magic happen with yards after the catch behind the line. But So you're going to go with Cooper. I'm going to go with Elijah Moore. On defense, obviously we have bigger names, but defensively, who do you think is going to have a field day against the Ravens? Until someone wants to stop Miles Garrett with a ridiculous 22% pressure rate. It's insane. It was 14% off the top of my head last year, something around there. 22%. Do you think Jadavian Clowney is re- rethinking his Batman and Robin comment? Uh, he, he thinks he's like Zeus. <laughs> Well, from the offensive line standpoint, the Ravens offensive line, Ronnie Stanley, John Simpson, Tyler Linderbaum, Kevin Zeitler, and uh, Morgan Moses, who is a guy I know we've talked about in the past as kind of being a swing tackle. He's starting for the Ravens right now. Ronnie Stanley is not the Ronnie Stanley they got paid. I think he's still dealing with some injury stuff going on. Um, So Miles Garrett going up against, you know, Ronnie Stanley will be quite interesting to see. In terms of if the Ravens decide to go with, you know, maybe a bigger 12 personnel, this is where you're going to see Mark Andrews. You're going to see Isaiah Likely. I'm not sure the Ravens have enough guys on the field to be able to block Zedarius Smith and Miles Garrett. I just don't. I think that it's going to be a field day of pressure. And I think the game ball in this case, JOK, because once Miles and once Zedarius get them moving, and all of a sudden now you're getting some pressure up the middle from either Tomlinson or Hurst or whoever, that's going to put Lamar Jackson on the move. And now it's my job, you know, my my job if I'm JOK coming from that Will side linebacker, I want to see him fly around. I want to see him hit. I want to see him get that, you know, Lamar Jackson read option run game under control. Because I think that's where it's going to be won, especially if we go into kind of our nickel where we bring in, you know, is, is Newsom. I think at this point it's likely he's going to play, right? I don't know. I've, I've not followed the injury report, if I'm honest. So, um yeah, well, Paul's been in Monaco. You've been no. Uh, right now, I believe he was back practicing. So if they do go to that, I couldn't. I wouldn't be shocked to see maybe we go with a lot of two linebacker sets. 
Anthony Walker, JOK in heavy run packages. They'll probably bring Taki back in. Um, but for the most part, I think JOK is the guy that I'm going to watch on defense. So Elijah Moore and JOK. So yeah, exciting times. Um, go Browns. Go Browns. And let's get to three and one and uh, leading the division. That's a good place to be going into the bye week. Uh, Jack, real quick, do you have anything from the OBR you want to plug or the fact that you're the chairman of a new football team? You're So you're basically like Ryan Reynolds light, correct? Do we have that right? Yeah, my, my wallet's a little lighter than Ryan Reynolds. But uh, yeah, um, my, my local football team went into liquidation. So uh, closed down about six weeks ago. Um, so set up a group of fans to uh, build and start a community football club to uh, hopefully bring one back to the area. So Exciting times, working our way out from the bottom, and uh, see where it takes us. And anything you got, you got preview anything from the OBR coming up? Uh, keep an eye out on the bye week, um, because I'm going away for a couple of weeks. But I do have my 2024 roster prediction dropping during the bye week. Ooh, any big cuts you want to tease? Uh, a certain guard that has a tendency to perform not quite great in the second half of the season might no longer be here. Don't you talk about Joel Batonio like that! My gosh, Jack, what's wrong with you? Ooh, stay tuned for the article. Alright, well hey, enjoy the weekend everybody. Let's get another division win in Cleveland Brown Stadium. It will be a good one. Top of the division is in our sights. Paul obviously is lost in Wales because we all know that you know, Ian, a.k.a. Owen Jones basically locks down cell phone service next to a couple of the sheep that he hangs out with. So other than that, we are going to enjoy the weekend. We are going to enjoy a Browns win. Uh, Lions took care of the Packers last night in terms of Thursday night football. Uh, there'll be some decent games on though. So let's, uh, let's go get the W and uh, we'll talk after the games. That sound good, Jack. Sounds like heaven. Perfect. On that note, go Browns. Go Browns.